Hello and welcome to the third episode of the book club with the first heretic. It's with Austin and with me, Carol. Austin, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Hanging in there. Just reading books, staying calm. Yeah, I feel that. Just got to keep it together. Going to try at least. And we'll see. So it's been a while since we recorded the last episode, so I have no memories of what we talked about in the episode before. But we don't need that. Yeah, I mean, right, you guys have just been listening to episodes willy-nilly, so presumably you've just finished the last one and went, man, I'm real excited for Austin and Caro to get to part three. Oh, look, there it is. I'm going to listen to it right this second. And you don't need a recap. Exactly. Because clearly you would not listen to just one episode. You just would start at the first one and then keep going, right? Yes, this is your warning. If this is your first Heresy Book Club uh, recording that you're listening to, you done fucked up. Yeah, Go back to the start of the first heretic. Yeah, it's the end of the book, man. You, you yeah. don't read the last chapter first. It's true. I mean, or, some people do, but they are not okay. They're, they're terrible people. Yes. Or uh, if this is, you know, a ways in the future and this is the first episode you're listening to and you don't like the first heretic because world be word bearers are tools, uh, listen to one of the other ones we've done. Oh no, listen to this one because even though word bearers are tools, it's a good book. That's fair. That's fair. Anyways, so this, this is the last part of this book and it's part three, Crimson. 40 years later. Those time jumps, man. Those time jumps are killing me sometimes. <laughs> yep. And it is real close to the time of heresy. Real close. Yeah, man. The name is programming here, man. Yeah. Like, I think the rest of this takes place, like, pretty, pretty fast-paced. But we'll get there. We'll get there time-wise. Because we start not with a, a space marine this time. We start with Ishak Kadeen. And I gotta say, I lo I really dislike and like Ishak at the same time. <laughs> what do you dislike about him? Oh, he's a sleazy sack of dirt. He's not a good person. It's true. He's, uh, he's a slime ball. If you had drinks with Ishak Kadeen, uh, you would want to make sure that you didn't leave him with your drink unattended. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You, I would probably wash my hands after I shake us. We we don't do that currently anymore, anyway. So we should be fine, actually. Yeah, he he's a remembrancer, but well, kind of an asshole. Well, I mean, very much an asshole. And I, you get the sense in the first couple of pages that maybe he's not actually as good as you would expect him to be at his chosen profession. I mean, he's really good at it. That's the thing, but he is not, he isn't it because he wants to or anything. He is because he had to, and it was the only way out. Yeah. He got himself into a spot of bother <clears throat> uh, and decided to be a remembrancer rather than, deal with it yeah either be a servitor or a remembrancer to be fair i would have picked a remembrancer as well 
But like a lot of the other ones you read about in a lot of the books, they are remembrances because they believe it's their job and it's their calling to witness the glorious crusade for mankind. And there he is. He's good at taking pictures and they send him on a space travel. Meanwhile, all those other poor people who are able to take awesome pictures, they don't get to go because he is there. Yep. Although in retrospect, he did somebody a big favor by sneaking into that slot. Well, you can say it that way. Just, you know. Just saying. And, and I don't think it makes actually a lot of difference apart from, well, what you, you'll hear about it. It's true. We'll get there. We'll get there. So it starts off with him kind of laying out the fact that he's a bit of a skis ball. He doesn't want to be here uh, or do anything. And he sort of hangs out for a while. Uh, waiting for assignment, right? And lo and behold, he gets his spot on the 1,301st Expeditionary Fleet. And his initial reaction, because he doesn't actually care about the Great Crusade, is, what the hell does that mean? Uh, and he actually has to, like, go look it up. Meanwhile, like, every other remembrancer that you kind of get a glimpse at in this section is, like, you know, they get told where they're assigned and they instantly know, ah, the 227th, that's Raven Guard. You know, oh, I'm going to the Sons of Horus. No, this asshole needs to look it up. And lo and behold, he doesn't even care where he goes. It's mostly, oh, yeah, I can't, I get to go somewhere big. I'm going to go and get famous. I'm going to do this. It's not like I like the Legion or anything, or are there any Legions I like? No, it's just, oh yeah, those. this is a big Legion, they're important, I'm gonna get more famous because of it. Yeah, he he's like, ah, this is great, it's the Word Bearers, which 40 years after, 40 or 50 years after their embarrassment at Monarchia, are now like a hard-charging, up-and-coming Legion. You know, there's custodians in this expeditionary fleet, there's the Master of the Gal Vorbach, I am going to become real famous. I love the fact that they mentioned the name is the name of Aqualon just keeps going and going and going. Yeah. <laughs> they give all of his names apparently. Uh, but that doesn't matter. Yeah, we get only uh, five? Yeah, five. No. Nah. Aqualon, Alphas, Nero, Kai, Marathamus, etc. and so on. Yeah, the name went on and on and on. But it didn't matter, and he's right about that. Because Eckhall yep. didn't matter in the end. Yep, so he's real pleased that he's in a, uh, a big, powerful legion with some real cool dudes in it. Immediately turns to the nearest other remembrancer and goes, what legion are you with? And she tells him Ravenguard, and he's just like, hmm, very obviously I got a better slot than you did. Yeah. And it says that he tells everyone on the way back where he's been assigned. And that was real impressive, except for the one guy uh, who was assigned to the Sons of Horus, which is obviously the best legion to get assigned to, and just kind of looked down his nose at Porishak. <clears throat> yeah, just like that dick. What sort of what sort of dick brags about the legion they're being assigned to, right? That's outre. It's not like I said we can't pick them or anything, so... Yeah, there we are. That's that's Ishak, and Ishak is yeah. Yep, uh, he goes on to a nineteen-month transit to the one thousand 
301st Expeditionary Fleet, in which he sleeps with 28 separate crew members, uh, being slapped by three of them, and takes 11,000 picks uh, that he thinks are all not really impressive, uh, and does a lot of heavy drinking, uh, and got into a fistfight. Oh, yeah. He lost a tooth, even. <laughs> yeah, with an angry husband, so, you know. Yeah, but he claims he got a moral victory, so there we go. Well, he did sleep with his wife, or possibly husband. It's not really stated. Yeah, I mean, they don't mention it, so... I don't know. I don't judge. He's still a slime ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. Well, he is not... not. Yeah, he's just slimy. But he takes good pictures. So, of course, once they arrive... He takes only pictures, well, when he is inspired. And apparently it's really hard to get him inspired. Well, when you're drunk that often, you know. Yeah, that's fair. But isn't isn't alcohol the drug of the poets? Or was it coffee? I don't remember. Maybe both. Yeah. Just just drink an Irish coffee. You're safe. <laughs> You'll figure it out. Exactly. But yeah, he takes an amazing picture of De Profundis. His new home. Yep, which is the uh, expeditionary flagship, if you recall from, you know, our earlier episodes. Uh and then he just kind of is uninspired for a while. Just kind of hangs out, doing nothing for like three weeks. You know, plays some cards, presumably tries to pick up chicks. Well, he, he, he sees the Blessed Lady. It's true. He then sees the Blessed Lady. And guess what, he's, what he really would like to do? But yeah. Nail the Blessed Lady. Of course he would, but luckily a general gets between them and real, he, he sees directly what kind of guy he is. And I like the general for this a lot. You grin too much. If I had daughters, I'd kill you for even going near them. I mean, that's absolutely true. Like, <laughs> he's, he's that kind of guy. Uh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> you forget how much a tool this guy is, even though I was like kind of flipping through and or refreshing on some points right before we did this. You just forget what a massive tool. Uh, right? He might, um, he's, he's not making a good impression. But he, at least he gets to take pictures and being around. I know nobody, nobody on this ship likes the, having the remembrances there because it's a butter. They're just normal people. Well, they're worse than normal people. They're Instagrammers. <laughs> what a great way of you. Yeah, he's it. he's an influencer. There we go. Yeah, like the word bearers view all these remembrancers as like people that have shown up to Fire Festival, right? <laughs> Just <laughs> like. <laughs> I mean, it's fair. Yeah, man. Yeah. They're just assholes that are in the way, causing problems. Yeah, they're at a fire festival in your backyard. Or in your house, just running around, taking pictures, trying to look awesome, get, becoming famous. Meanwhile, you're just there trying to do your job, living your life. At this point, you know, he's hanging around on the deck. He's seen the Blessed Lady. Uh, and the Gal Vorbach shows up. Good old Argel Tall. And he... No, no, no. No, he's not. He's not just Argatal. Well, I mean, he is the Crimson Lord. 
the Crimson Lord. Yeah, I don't know why. I just don't word bearer titles. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a pretty badass title. <laughs> For what happened to him, he deserves it. I'm not saying it's good what happened to him, but he deserved his name. I mean, poor Argeltal. Like, if you're going to like a word bearer, he is definitely hands down the one you should like. Uh, but yeah, the Crimson Lord, Yeah, there's already a Crimson King, like, not even in your legion. Like, get in line, buddy. I don't even know the Crimson King. Who's that? Uh, Magnus. Oh. Crimson King. Yeah, well, well, yeah. Nah. And then uh, there's Angron, who's like the Lord of Red Sands, Prince of Red Sands. There's a lot of Reds already. Lorgar isn't any of them because he's not important. So I don't know what Argotal's like nickname chooser was thinking, but you know, Hey, it gets a job done. It is a definitely impressive sounding. And, uh, yeah, this is where he takes his other, like worthwhile picture of Argotal and the blessed lady just kind of chatting. It'll be famous. Uh, I mean, not, famous for a long time because you know there's a heresy on uh but argo tall is super like it oh argo tall has a thing for art and they are i don't know it's, it's i don't remember is um the crimson lord returning or is he just welcoming safe and back i think he's welcoming him back yeah just just welcoming zephan back he's zephan has been off doing shenanigans for a while uh, with the main legion. Oh, also, Zaphon is real rude. Zaphon is a dick. So Zaphon comes down off the ship, says hello, and the first thing he tells the blessed lady is, oh yeah, you look younger. I mean, that's not something you say to a woman who's got rejuve treatment. <laughs> exactly, that's just, no, it's like, no, 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 that's rude. But hey, finally Seven made it back. He spent some quality time with the Iron Warriors, which we all know is gonna work out swimmingly. Yeah, hang out. <laughs> Learn more about the warp. What could possibly go wrong? It's just the Iron Warriors. Do they learn much about the warp? I need to go dive, deep dive on them. No, but he's trying real hard to get them to. Yeah. And then we leave... Isha could into the horrible things he's gonna do. Luckily, we don't just focus on him. But we follow Safen and um, Argatol a little bit around. They give each, each, each other updates, talk a little bit. And Argatol is not happy. Yeah. <laughs> not least because there are remembrancers all over his damn ship uh, <laughs> for like a month, and he's not thrilled by that. All those humans. No, thank you. Yeah, and then, like, you know, Zaffin's like, oh, yeah, you know, talks about uh, the Iron Warriors circles, uh, which are their equivalent to the Sons of Horus Warrior Lodges, uh, which presumably he's hanging around and, you know, swaying them over to Horus's side or inculcating them in the warp. And, and he stayed way longer than he was supposed to. And, yeah, Argatol is not happy. Yeah, like Zaphon is saying, like, oh, look at all the good we did, like being sneaky with the Iron Warriors and... Our conspiracies working. Yeah, so many conspiracies. Uh, Which Argotal does not like that word. At all. And the chaplain's just like, yeah, you can say whatever you want, but we're lying to everybody and like, what else are you going to do? At which point, 
uh, Argel Tall informs him that one of the we're really the main reason that he's pissed off at Zaffin is that Zaffin has been gone uh, for what probably a year overdue. Mm-hmm. And because Zaffin's been gone, his company hasn't seen a chaplain uh, in about a year. Yeah, because they're uh, their own chaplain. He just died. Yeah, killed about a year ago. A random human with a wooden spear. So we're going to talk about awkward ways to go. Yeah, I'd have, he just gets stabbed by a normal person. That's the worst which could happen to a space marine apart from them slipping. And not even like a talented person or well-equipped person. Just a dude with a wooden spear. Not even like a spear, but just like, yeah, he hardened this stick of wood in the fire and stabbed me in the throat with it, and uh, he died. So there we go. That's the proud and strong space marines. They can also get taken out by a wooden stick. I shouldn't take to, talk to a lot. I, I think I can die if I fall off the couch wrong, so... Hmm? <laughs> but that's why you should wear a helmet. Yeah, there we go. He probably was rocking the helmetless life, long hair blowing in the wind, and then he gets stabbed by a person, just by a normal one. At least he um, he ripped the guy who killed him apart, but retrospective it doesn't make a lot of difference anymore yeah no like you're not it doesn't matter how like gruesomely or amazingly you kill the guy the normal guy with the wooden spear who killed you if you're a space marine it's just gonna be embarrassing no matter what yeah i mean it would be more embarrassing if he didn't kill the guy who killed himself so or him yep and now we come to an interesting little tidbit and that is uh, Argel Tall just straight up asks, you know, hey, you've been with the Iron Warriors for all this damn time. Are they even going to be on our side? And the chaplain goes, Perturabo's Legion has already abandoned the Great Crusade. I was with them on Olympia. Uh, Olympia, for those of you who don't know, is the Iron Warriors' home planet. Uh, and Argel Tall is a little confused by this. Uh, and Zaffin goes on to say, yeah, you know, it rebelled against the Imperium. And the Iron Warriors, like, massacred their own people to bring it back to compliance. And what I think is interesting is he's not surprised, like, what's happening is just like, wait, Olympia? So soon? Yeah, and then then Zaffin says something that's really interesting. Uh, again, like, talking about it was rebelled, Argaltal goes, a planet lost control of his own or a Primarch has lost control of his own home world. Uh, all, and then Zaffin replies, all of it was orchestrated to the very finest degree, which begs the question, like, did the world eaters like cause this rebellion? The world eaters? Or not the world eaters. Sorry. Word, word bearers. Did the word bearers cause this rebellion? Did they just sort of like, tweak the circumstances a little bit so Perturabo would feel like genociding his own people rather than just, you know, killing whoever was in charge and bringing them back to compliance? We don't really know. Oh, but they already know who what Horus is doing, so at this point, we, they know Horus is, has fallen, is already into this. They know about the Emperor's children, they know about the Death Guard and the world leaders. Yep, they know they're all getting together at Istvan. And they are ready. And they hope that um, 
well, they know Pad Rabo has betrayed the Imperium as well. So those guys mm -hmm. are ready. Meanwhile, Agatol yeah. just like wants to know when can he go home to Daddy. <laughs> a rude way of putting it, but yeah. I'm sorry, but come on. <laughs> he keeps asking for him. They didn't see him in a while. That's fair, but still. Also, he's mad. He's getting real mad. Argatol is not one of the chosen ones. He is not a chaplain, so he doesn't get all the answers. He just kind of hears a little bit, gets tidbits, but even this is not a lot, especially with their own chaplain being dead. Yeah, and on top of all of that, they're being intentionally kept away from the rest of the Legion because of the custodians that are with them. They have to pretend everything is nice and well, and they're absolutely still doing the job they're supposed to do, because they have people watching them. Yeah, so he's sort of doubly out of the loop. So they start, like, Zaffin kind of lays out the deal, right? The deal we all know. Horus has set things up so that when Istvan rebels, it's only, you know, the legions that are loyal to him that are going to respond. You know, Emperor's Children, Death Guard, World Eaters, Sons of Horus. And they're going to do their own little, you know, uh, well, purge. Right? It's purging. It's purge. I tried to think of a nice way of saying it. There isn't one. Genocide? I mean, it's not a nice way, but it's another word for it. I don't know it. if it's a genocide, if it's just killing off a specific... Witch hunt? Uh, but it's not. It's only a witch hunt if there aren't any witches. I mean, they aren't. There are no witches. They're just trying to remove a certain part of your group. Legion. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, a whole bunch of people die. Yeah. Well, space marines die. <laughs> it's true. Um, and he straight up says, like, yeah, the War Master, he's sworn devotion to the hidden gods. The warp is going to do some crazy stuff. Uh, and essentially, like, yeah, we're, we've got the plan set. And it's going to yeah. be wild. Uh, and then once Horace, once Horace declares, you know, that he's the new, you know, the new emperor and the emperor is a piece of shit. There's going to be another big fight at Istvan. And Arkel Tall just sort of looks at the map and goes, that's not going to work at all. Yeah, Hor uh, Horus will die. Yeah, this Horus will be destroyed. Like, he's got four legions, and there are seven legions supposed to, like, root him out. And he goes, you know, hey, even with the Iron Warriors on our side, uh, there's six legions against five. And we're not going to make this happen. Uh, at which point, Zaffin springs his other little tidbit of news that's, hey, the Night Lords, the Alpha Legion, yeah, they're on our side too. And that drop site is going to be, what's the word for it? A massacre. Mm -hmm. And they spend half a century of trying to just get everybody involved. Which is long for us, not very long for Space Marines. I'm really surprised how fast they all pulled us off. Yeah, especially when you think of like how long it takes to get anywhere in the galaxy, right? Like, and I guess the warp travel was on their side because you know they are working with the warp. That's true, but still, it's not like it's impressive. No time. Yeah, no, it's a really impressive uh, turnaround for setting up a massive conspiracy. Uh, but Argel Tall still isn't super, like, sold on this. 
Yeah, and he's super. He's also super unhappy because all of this has not been planned by Logar, but by the people he hates. Yep. And Saifen used to hate. That's another thing. Saifen does not stand to his principles at all. Argot Hall does. Saifen, no. Yep, Saifen's an ass, and you can tell because he no longer thinks Erebus and Corferon are a dick. Are impure souls false Astartes? No, 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 no. Erebus is the chosen one, and Corferon as well. They know what's going on. They know what's best. They are the instigators of the conspiracy, and clearly they have everything planned out and will absolutely work out. Erebus would never lose his face or anything. He is the one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, fi- uh, finally, Argotol is done with the questions, and Safen starts asking some. The very first question he asks is, wh- why did they give Serene another update? Or um, juvena- rejuvenation treatment. I can't pronounce that. Uh, rejuvenance treatment? Rejuvenant treatment? Depending on... Plastic surgery. Yeah, plastic surgery on drugs. Yeah, it actually works and doesn't make you look worse at the end. And they only did it because um, the primer grasped for it. Which I think is also interesting. Like, he wants to keep her around. Yeah, but it also implies that Cyrene maybe doesn't want to be kept around. Because, like, Cyrene is important enough that if she asked for rejuvenate treatment, she'd get it. But she only gets it because the Primarch orders it. You know? I didn't read it like that. Maybe she'd want, she didn't mind to look a bit older. I don't know. I would assume she could say no. But on the other hand, will you say no if a Primarch tells you, oh yeah, you're going to get a plastic surgery? Yeah, like if a Primarch's like, hey, guess what? I'm going to make you young again. Isn't that great? I feel like most people wouldn't be like, you know, boss, actually, I'm not. I'm not feeling it. No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to take a pass. On the other hand, would you just run around up to your boss? Hey, hey, can I can I look young again, please? It's true. Because it's it sounds like she wouldn't, or even if she would look old, it doesn't mean that she will die. I mean, look at Makador. Yeah. He doesn't get those treatments. He just lives. From from what I understand about the rejuvenate treatments, there's there's kind of levels of doing it. But even the ones that can, you know, take an 80-year-old and make them look 21 again, you can only get those so many times before you still look 80 and you eventually just keel over because you can't take anymore. Yeah, you're still a human. But I mean, she's been hanging around for like 50 years. She can get a rejuve treatment and like, that's nothing. That's fine. Anybody can get one, right? Well, yeah. So they talk about Cyrene for a bit. Uh, and then Zaffin asks probably the question he really wants to know the answer to, and that's what's up with uh, Aqualon? And Argeltal, who seems to be pretty uncomfortable with the answer he gives, is, yeah, like he knows nothing. He suspects even less. All the messages that he sends to the Emperor never leave the fleet. Like, it's fine. Yeah, they might say fail safe. They don't mention it, they dance around it, but everything's in place, everything's working. And then you, you kind of get the hint that there's some sort of craziness going on uh, with the quote fail safe uh, mm-hmm. that uh, Zaffin asks about in relation to Aqualon not hearing anything. Uh, and Argotal's like, yeah, that that's fine, don't worry about it. And uh, to talk a bit. 
Again, talk a bit about new chapters they added and stuff. And at the very end of their talk, Seven asks if Argatol feels it, if he can feel anything. And Argatol lies. But of course, Seven knows. Because they all feel it. Yeah, and really, Argatol's going to feel something more than most because, well, he might have a demon inside him. Uh, yeah, he has one, yeah, like, for, for a fact. By like, might, I mean definitely. Yeah, it's like, um, hmm, hmm. <laughs> no, no. He is just set on it. We know he has it. Everybody knows. We know he has the demon. He knows he has the demon, but he doesn't want to have the demon. Yeah, everybody knows he has the demon, except for Aqualon and four other guys. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Serene knows he has a demon. That's a good question. Do you think any of the normal people on the ship knows know anything? I would assume not. <sighs> That's a good question. I don't know. They certainly don't know he has like a demon demon. Um, but I... I didn't know it's something weird happened to him. Yeah, I don't know if any like normal humans hang out with him enough to like realize something's off. Like maybe if he's got like arming serfs or something, they might realize a little weirdness is going on. I doubt that because if the people or the if the mortals would realize it, Aqualum would know as well. Hopefully, that's true. I'm I don't have a high opinion of. Um, our dear custodes, but they should get it if a mortal can get it. You'd think. I mean, they only have one job. Sorry, every time I'm thinking about Ta um, Argatol and his demon, I just think about Legion from Ghost Rider. And I don't know how to feel about that. I uh, hate to say this, but no idea what you're talking about. That's fair. It's apparently the worst Ghost Rider movie because it's with Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider. <laughs> but it was during the time where we had uh, one of those premium TV things. And there is a demon in there which keeps referring to himself to Legion because he's many. And Argatol is many right now. He's more than one, so he's many in one body. I mean, he's two in one body. That's not really many. I mean, it's more than one. It's a couple. Uh, that's fair. A pal. And yeah, they're just keeping talking about uh, the, the current people they're fighting, which are other mortals, other, another human culture, not Xenos. Yep, they're getting ready to drop on what, uh, well, is going to be 1301-20. Uh, that being the 20th planet brought to compliance by the 1301st expedition. And they are about to do a planet-wide invasion because they have beat the crap out of the planet's orbital defenses and are ready to go. Uh, it's interesting that they, it took them approximately two years per planet. And that's a bit, supposed to be fast? That's interesting. Well, I mean, one, it's just super impressive to win a war in two years nowadays. Uh, but, you know, it, but it, takes, space it takes some time to get there. So even if your war is won in like a week, you got like six months of travel time from your last conquest to your new conquest. You got to hang out for a bit, you know, let the iterators do their thing. Well, true. They don't just delete the whole population anymore. Yeah. They're, they're doing actual compliances now. Well, 
Well, I mean, they destroyed one planet completely, at least. I don't know how they kept it, but I just try, I guess. Look, you just butcher everyone on the planet and, uh, you know, go to a hive world, scrape up some new colonists, and give it a go. I don't think they keep those guys as a colony. No? No, weren't they? Yeah, well, keep talking a bit because I'm pretty sure they don't keep them around. Well, so they're talking and, uh, you know, making plans and they decide that uh, the capital, because the psychopomp Shalves Nalia the 11th, no, I'm sorry, the 9th, got a little mixed up in my uh, Latin there, uh, is the one that told the word bearers to go to hell. Uh, so they decided that the capital is going to be taken by the Gal Vorbach and the Imperial Army regiments and the rest of the uh, word bearers in the fleet are going to take the other 12 major cities. And the fleet master goes, hey, but what are we going to do about these remembrancers? Like, they've been bitching constantly to go witness the assault. And they have a little argument about it. And it basically boils down to Argotal doesn't want them there. Uh, but this guy is like, the fleet master's like, look, they just keep bitching at me about it. Like hourly, just bitching and bitching and bitching. So finally, Argotal's like, all right, fine. Uh, have the remembrancers choose 10 people. We'll take them down in the first wave. We'll get them some Imperial Army guys to, you know, make sure they don't kill themselves. Uh, keep them away. Keep them safe. Yeah. And the rest can, well, keep them safe is a strong word. The plan was to keep them safe. Well, safe, safe. You can't see the air quotes I'm making, but very safe. They're there. Yeah. Uh, because the fleet master asks, what if they encounter significant opposition? And Argotal is just like, then they die. I don't care either way. And well, he really doesn't. And that brings us back to our boy Ishak. Yeah, because of all those, it was there are one hundred and twelve remembrances on this fleet, and somehow this lazy slime bag gets into the ten. Right, he gets into the ten. They go down. I really want to see those pictures. If he's so good that they send him out of one hundred and twelve people, he has to really, really make amazing pictures. Uh, I'm not sure it's that. Because I, I bet that they offered a like, hey, who wants to go down to the first wave? And I bet there were some people that were like, you know, that sounds a little dangerous. I'll just come down later. You know, no, I'm only writing music. I'm not going to go down there. <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm just a sculptor. I'll come down when everything's still so I can sculpt better. Yeah. And yeah. Ishak, of course, is already back at it. He just um puts on the slime. I think you call him a brown noser. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. He's trying to get warm with the soldiers, talking a bit about the ship, you know, let, let me know about your car, tell me a bit what's its name. Yeah, sucking up to the All those crew. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just greasing it all up. And yeah, of course, he tries to get closer to what um the Crimson Lord wants. Tries to get him to flying over the palace. They say no. Tries to give them just a bunch of different options. All of which are bad. Uh, yeah. 
And, and, then, and then he comes to a real bad decision, but one that doesn't actually kill the pilot. So he's more about it. And that is, uh, we fly really damn high and anyone who actually wants to do their job can jump out and do it. Yeah. And they're just like, all right, I guess if that's what you want to <laughs> do. Yeah. 20 minutes later, <laughs> they're doing exactly that. He's falling. <laughs> I love it. He's falling out of the sky. Uh, and you know all the safety protocols if you would do skydiving, you never do it alone until you did it a few times? <laughs> Screw that. Yeah. Osha's not here anymore. Osha doesn't care. And again, not not only is it like, hey, no safety precautions, but it took 20 minutes for the idea to become reality. So from the minute he says, hey, we'll just jump out and do our job, to him jumping out, 20 minutes. Which means he's had 20 minutes to like learn how to operate the machine and everything else about it. Uh, well, the machine, he, he gets clear, easy instructions. Yeah. First one, then the other. Just jump out, wait 20 seconds, and then hit two buttons. First the one, and then the other. Yep. Uh, and he thinks he's going to die there for a minute, but he, he makes it work because it isn't you know that hard. Uh, and he drops down, uh, him, two other remembrancers, and six infantry. And they're a little behind the front lines because once they land and start moving towards the palace, uh, they pass Astartes drop pods. So, you know, the Astartes are there and already kicking ass. Yeah, and they see the messes they leave behind. Yeah. And then they just start following the bodies. And it's pretty horrific. Uh, it's sort of not what he expected because it's people that have been like, butchered by superhumans with chainsaw swords. Yeah, it's it's a chainsaw massacre on speed. Literally, they just, yeah. Doesn't look nice. They try to do take pictures and do stuff. Well, some of them do. He doesn't. Because he's right. Nobody wants to see a bloody uh, person being chainsaw to death to a bloody pulp. Yeah. That's not something you might get famous it's for. It's propaganda. You're not, you're not having fun. Like, you're not winning any prizes for showing a bunch of massacred humans. Just not going to do it. Yeah. So then, eventually, they catch up to the word bearers. Uh, and then he finds out that it wasn't a squad of word bearers that, you know, they've been following around as they massacred everybody. Just one word bearer. Uh, and somebody else. Yeah, and a custode, and it is Argeltal and Aqualon that they've been following about. Yeah, they're two bros. Yeah, broing it up, and they're, you know, fighting like buddies and doing great and just butchering every fucking buddy that comes nearby. And the worst is to just do it calmly. There's no chattering, there's no request for help or anything. They just go down there, yeah. shut up, and kill every living being. Yeah, like it's not even hard. <laughs> Um, but, uh, it is, well, I guess it's not physically hard, uh, but there does seem to be some mental toughness going on, uh, cause Argel Tall has himself a bit of a problem. Uh, he falls over <laughs> for no apparent reason. And of course you can't do that in front of our watchful camera 
our custode, the babysitter. No, 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 no. You're supposed to be fine. And of course, Aquilon is worried about his little dear brother. He asks him what's going on and he can't answer. Just doesn't say anything. I'm just like, I, I don't know. Yeah, because there's some sort of black acid coming out of Argeltal's mouth, so he can't really answer. Aqualon's look, looking around for snipers. That's another uh, point for helmets. If Argeltal would not have worn his helmet, Aqualon would have killed him right there. 100%. Absolutely. But really, if there's something that isn't blood and hissing acid pouring out of your, you know, buddy's mouth plate, I would have been more concerned than Aqualon is. Because Aqualon's just like, what ails you? And Argeltal's like, and Argeltal's like, nothing. And well, Aqualon's like, well, all right then, let's keep going. Well, he's he's trusting him for one, but also keep in mind they have acid spit. So maybe if they spit a lot, it also bubbles. I don't know. That's true. Apart from the Imperial Fist. I guess there are reasons, yeah. Yeah. Well, the Imperial Fists are not exciting. Yeah, I mean, they just keep, yeah, yeah. Anyways. Um, Argotol just keeps moving on. Aquila wants to talk a little bit, but just, um, um, Argotol just was like, let's move on. Stop talking about it. Let's just move on. And we get, yeah, they're just, we're jumping back to some mortals. These times we are talking to the, or the poor, poor bastards currently getting butchered are the main people. Yeah. Um, it's uh, from the view of one of the, I guess, like life wards of Psychopomp Shalves Nalia, the ninth. The ninth, yes. Yeah. And oh God, ninth she's, and she's a mess. Yeah, she's fat, she's sad, she's scared, she's real bitchy and uh, has no idea what's going on because she still seems to think that her ceremonial guard can kill everyone trying to murder her and her whole city. She's she's out of options. It's not like you can run away. She knows what's going to happen and she wants it to not to be true. And of course, the honor guard, they, well, the one guy, he's sworn off, so he swears by himself he's going to die protecting her. And the only thing he wants to give his life, breaking his blade on the armor of the intruder. That's the only thing he wants in his life. Yep, knows he can't kill him, minutes. knows he can't win, just wants to, you know, break his blade because he knows he can't even get blood on it. And that doesn't happen. Nope. Because, well, he's trying to fight the Galvorbach. So yeah. he just kind of gets cut in half and uh, we move on. Well... No, he gets cut in half and stepped on. <laughs> like, yeah. they, don't, they don't give this guy a rude as fuck. nice step at all. It's just, um, Argotol walks in, cuts him in half, steps on his torso, the legs are three meters away. The ladies, or the, the queen, the pompous, psychopomp, she's still trying to get them to leave the world and leave them alone. But no, they're just um killing her. Yeah, me. But they're not even killing her they like stop to have a little conversation about like there's some there's some weird shit going on uh we heard a scream i hear some demon laughing in my head and uh the, like something weird's going down and we need to figure it out oh yeah so they kill every single human living on the planet yep because what, one of the things they did is um they were using alien genes in their own gene z 
And the Imperium says, no. Yep, it is too far deviated from human norm. You can't be putting alien shit. Corruption. Yeah. They don't know why they did it. They don't seem to be any better for it. Uh, yeah. Why did you do this to yourselves? They don't answer. And everybody dies. Well, she dies. She dies and everybody else goes home. Yeah, they just can't, they didn't even they didn't behead her or anything. No, they just discarded her like a pile of garbage and she breaks her neck. And she didn't seem like a very good monarch from the few seconds we have. But still. It's it has a lot. Poor guy gets smashed up and then she just gets discarded like garbage. Yeah, don't try to fuck with space marines. Lesson learned. Yeah, no, no, thank you. I'm glad those are just a theory. Well, a made-up thing. Anyways, this Crimson Lord and um, Aqualon, they meet after the battle. And Aqualon just tries to figure out what happened with him, and nobody talks. Yeah, like he says... There's no answers. He says, hey, like... The other custodes noticed a bunch of Galvorbach fell the same time you fell. What's up with that? And Argaltal's like, look, I don't know what happened. If I knew, I would tell you. Like, we're bro. Maybe it's a gene seed. Gene seed issue. Yeah. And Aqualon's just like, you know I gotta tell, tell the this to the Emperor. This. Beloved by all. At once. And Argaltal's just like, yes, yes, of course you must. As we, he knows that's not going to get out. But Aqualon doesn't. Yep. Uh, however, we, the readers, uh, can put two and two together for why all the word bearers fell over at the same moment. Because as they're walking back and, you know, going back, or I'm sorry, they don't go back right away, uh, but they hear a, si a siren. There's a read of whale this time. Yes, and it's a recall order, getting all the uh, Imperial forces on the planet to go back to the dropships. It's, you know, the the massive, oh shit, full retreat, we got other places to be order. Uh, mm -hmm. And the reason uh, is because Terra has sent a message to De Profundus saying the Istvan system is an open rebellion. Uh, four legions have turned. Uh, Led by four of our own legion. Because who would think about this? Brother against brother. That could never happen, right? Horrible. The War Master has renounced his blood oath to the throne world. Uh, like, come to the surface. We're leaving. We're going to Istvan. And Aqualon is just fucking astonished. Yeah. I cannot even give this a moment's belief. Horus, a traitor? This cannot be true. Because Horus was beloved by all. Oh, Lupercal, you would never do anything so dick as that. And then? Aqualon's a Horus fanboy. But not for much longer. And then Arcatol has the first talk with himself. Well, not really himself. Demon him. Nah, well, his friend. His other half. But he's also called Arcatol, so it's himself. But this, this part is also why I would recommend listening to this as audiobook. Because um, I think... I don't remember who read it, but his voice from Argatol for Argatol's other one is amazing. Because they already know. They sense it. I know this voice. 
Of course we know it. It's our own voice. We are our guitar. And I'm glad you you said the audiobook does a real good job of this, because I actually haven't listened to the audiobook of this. And in my mind, this is just Smeagol talking to himself. Right? This is straight Smeagol and Gollum. Like, of course we knows it. It's our own voice. No, because, you know, he, he, he uses the correct grammar. There's nothing I hate more when you have a different voice and just has bad grammar. <laughs> Sorry. We Americans are real bad at that. It's, it's fine. It's not the only thing you're real bad at. Rude. Ha. I'm really good at that. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am extremely rude. That's my passion. And yeah, we jump back onto the ship. We assume everybody got collected. All important people are back on the ship. They might have left some people to clean up or potentially they just left everybody rotting down there because they are more important matters. Yep, no time to burn the fat bitch now. Gotta go. Exactly. The astropath. They got the message and Aqualon talks to him, tries to figure out what is going on. How can treason be happening? Yep. But no. And the the astropath pretty much, you know, confirms to Aqualon, yeah, shit's going crazy. Uh, and Aqualon is there with the other five or other four uh, custodians, and they they're kind of talking about themselves, like, "Oh, we can't believe it! Like, how the fuck four legions? Like, the War Master? This is ridiculous." Uh, and Aqualon's like, "Look, we're going to be at Istvan in thirty nine days, and this shit's going down, and it's going to be Astartes, and Astartes are going to do it." Uh, they're the only ones going to be going down. No army troops, no Mechanicum are going to go into assault. We're not going into the assault. Uh, they want us to take command of some ships and help repel borders. And I've said fine. Uh, and they think it's a little weird that it's only going to take 39 days to get from where they are to Istvan. Uh, oh, sorry. You skipped a tiny bit I love a lot because can you imagine... Castos get jealous. Kardik, the 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 astropath mentions oh, the yeah. led by the war master, the emperor's most beloved son, and one of the Castos. We are the most uh, we are the emperor's most beloved sons. Little warp speaker, like, come on, it's not a point to make little petty arguments. One, you're not. Like you're not. No, nobody loves you. You're a cust You're a bullet soak. I don't think the emperor loves anybody. Or anything. Probably not. Well. He only has tools. So. He might prefer a tool at a moment in time, but I don't think he likes anything. I don't think that's an emotion he's able to have. So I just finished Saturnine. And. Yeah, uh, no, we don't talk about this. We're not talking because about Because I didn't read it yet. We're not talking about it. And we're not giving any spoilers Stop away. Stop theories. But. Uh, eh. I stand by my point. The Emperor likes nothing and is a horrible. Certainly no one he's made. Used to be Yung Ping. I don't know what he is, but he's horrible. He is the worst. But yeah, they, they kept pushing for years to get where they are, and now suddenly it just takes 39 days. Yeah, so everyone's a little confused That's by that. suspicious. But not suspicious enough for them to actually notice anything's wrong, which is dumb. Yeah, but they're not the smartest. No, they're not, because Argel Tall is having himself a bad time while this is going on. Uh, he can't take his armor, or he can't stand. Mm -hmm. He, like, 
everybody, all the other Galvorback are seem to be going maybe a little crazy. Uh, they're not really capable of speech. He's got them all in the Vox link. Uh, he has some trouble speaking. Uh, and Aqualon calls him and he's just like, you weren't there at sparring today. And Argotal is just like meditating. Apologies. Meditating. And he just walks off like, what the hell? Like, yeah, yeah, that's totally normal. My best, to get, well, the guy I have a daily appointment with, just fighting, being friends and all. He just hangs out, he ghosts me and just keeps saying meditating. That's absolutely normal. And he just goes away and is like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll come back later. That's fine. Um, and then so Hargel Tall, <laughs> realizing how close he's come to giving the whole game away, uh, mm -hmm. calls Zafin and says, look, we need to tell people that the Galvorback are meditating uh, until we get to Istvan. And Zafin just says, fuck it, let's just kill all the custodes now. Uh, Argyle Tall's like, hey, they die when the Primarch says they die. So tell everybody the Galvorback is in penance and just refuses to talk to anybody. Oh, you know what I just thought about? Huh. They always use the Vox network for stuff like this. Why isn't um, why isn't Aqualon listening in once in a while, you know? Uh, you would think that. Like, if I was him, I'd have tapped their Voxnet. But apparently not, because Aqualon Maybe is they, surprised. Maybe they actually take care of our privacy. That's fascinating. Yeah, Aqualon is incredibly bad at his job. He is. I mean, I kind of... For Custody, he's not bad, but he's real bad at his job. Yeah, like, he, he should be better at it. Yeah, as Oculus and Parati. Yeah, so back to the shenanigans that are occurring. Uh, Argel Tall, obviously a little, I don't know if distressed is the right word, but certainly wants to talk to somebody. Yeah, uncomfortable. Uh, he goes to Cyrene, the blessed lady. He can't take his helmet off. Everything is freaking out. Wait, before, um, Argel Tall is the one who also tells Safon, no, we don't kill the custodes. We got to keep him alive until... Our Primarch tells him to, which, again, he is a daddy's boy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely daddy's boy. He want to go to daddy and he want to tell him all the things. Yeah. <sighs> but this thing with Cyrene, it's... Oh, yeah. The thing with Cyrene is I don't understand why he would go to her. And he he clearly loves her, like, not in a romantic way, but he loves her. He is really, he wants to be close to her and it's he's feeling weak. He wants to hide, and she's the one he goes to. That's a pretty big thing, especially for a space marine. They don't have any problems, or they don't want to hide. They're not scared. They don't need anybody. But no, he goes and gets his help with Cyrene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's it's not a good interaction from Argeltal's perspective. Uh, now, Cyrene is very helpful. Like she knows that there's some sort of you know, blessed change, all the Galvorback is supposed to be going through. Um, Safe and gave her some infos. Yeah. But the problem is uh, other Argeltal is starting to <laughs> likes her too, but not in a good way. I mean, he likes her like a, like a muffin. Yeah. Like, he smells her soul and that smells tasty. Uh, yeah, she was prey, human, mortal, dying many per minute, and her spirit was destined to swim in the sea of souls until devoured by one of the neverborn. 
Yeah, so naturally this upsets Argotel a little bit that he's suddenly having these uh kind of thoughts. Yeah, not not even visions, it's just like his own will is talking. Yeah, he just yeah. has to listen to somebody who's saying all kinds of creepy stuff. Yeah. Ooh, that has to be super uncomfortable. Yeah. And then he smiles at Cyrene, uh, which doesn't his faceplate smiles. Yeah, and luckily she can't see that because, man, yep, I think she would pass out. She's real blind, although she does realize right at the end that his voice is different sounding. Uh, and Argotol... He starts talking in the third person. We are Argotol. He doesn't talk about himself as I anymore. No, no, no. We are. Yeah. Uh, and he says, tells, uh, asks Cyrene to hide him from Aqualon. Mm-hmm. And then tells her, don't, do not worry. One way or another, it will all be over soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because he thinks he's dying, which is fair. Or turning into a demon. Or just like. Both? Yeah, both. Mm-hmm. At least he promised her to not harm her. But luckily, the Gulf War Wreck, they don't need to stay in their chambers for 39 days. They just can come out after a few nights. Safen, of course, being the first, keeps walking around, going to the other people, and training the scent of ashes and coals wherever he went. So I guess they are praying. Is this like a Weihrauch und Mure? What's the stuff the Catholic use in church? The smelly stuff? Incense? Yeah, incense and Mure. Doesn't matter. Incense. This is um, ashes and coals are the word bearer's incense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, uh, you know, a couple of days of shenanigans, and uh, they all come out, and they seem fine. Yeah, Argotol's back at sparing three days later. Yeah, and he almost gives the game away again, uh, because he duels Aqualon, you know, with live weapons, but a friendly bout. Uh, And every time, he loses. Argotol has never beat Aqualon. It usually happens in about a minute. Uh, but five seconds later, Aqualon is on his back. And that kind of weirds out Aqualon and, uh, one of the custodes who's watching the duel. And then they go again and they go at it. Wait, Aqualon is on his back? No, because, uh, 11 clashes and five seconds later, the bout was over. And then he says, uh, is something amiss? Argotol asks. With the claws on his gauntlets, he couldn't offer a hand to help Aqualon rise. And then the custodian regains his feet. Ooh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, I thought no, it was no, the no. other thing. Uh, and they go again. And this time it goes on for quite a while. Uh, and then Aqualon eventually uh, knocks him over. And wins the bout like he always has in the past. That's interesting. Equilon was forced to bring desperate defensive strokes to bear for the first time in any of his duels of Argotol. So yeah, Argotol is really not smart here. He really tries to get. Yeah, yeah. He, I don't. He's about to give it away. He's not smart. Yeah, I think he's mad. I don't think he noticed. Like I don't. I honestly Probably don't. Not. Don't think that he realized. Like, 
the benefits that came with the transition. I don't think he realized just how much it made him faster and stronger with, you know, better reflexes and everything else. Uh, and the custodian's like, but you're different. Mm-hmm. And Hargotal is just like, uh, I have duties to attend to. Uh, and Aqualon kind of looks over to the other uh, custode and just goes, something's changed. And one who doesn't talk just nuts. Yeah. Sithrin? 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 Uh, the no talker. Yeah. He's taking a vow of silence. It doesn't matter. Uh, exactly. Um, but yeah. Because he can only talk while he's with the Emperor. He almost gave the game away. Horrible. And there we go. We are now in Istvan. And the first three chapters read like what you might expect on a little postcard. Well, not not on a postcard, I guess. But yeah, travel to Istvan. Yeah, just like a travel guide. Far from Terra, precious throne world of the Imperium. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little travel guide of, hey, this is Istvan 5, welcome. Yeah, just a bit virus-soaked. Mass grave, marking the anger of Horus Lupercal. Oh, no. So, Istvan 3 already happened. We lost a bunch of stuff to Eisenstein happened. We're going to get to that eventually, you know. Yeah, that's a good book. But yeah, now the traders are on Istvan 5 and ready. They know about it. Yep. And the massed might of seven entire legions is now over Istvan 5. Uh, the, the censure fleet. Uh, nobody can see any vessels from the known traitor legions, Death Guard, Empress Children, World Leader, Sons of Horus. They're all just kind of somewhere. Uh, and all of the stuff just starts, like, you, you wouldn't be able to tell, I'm sure, like, as, you know, a salamander in the fleet looking around. But people start kind of drifting together, right? Like, the Night Lords, Alpha Legion, Iron Warriors, they all kind of start moving into their positions, right? Uh, Getting ready. And they're all over Istvan 5, and they're ready to go. And, of course, there's the obligatory foreshadowing of, hey, guess what? F only three of these legions are loyal, not seven, and it's going to get real nasty real quick. Yeah. But no, we go back to Ishak, because Ishak is important. It's true. Oh god, the slime ball. I can't say it often enough, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, he is uh, down in the cellar, where they, he's trying to get drunk once again. Yep. Seems like his father. And it's interesting, because for the first time you can hear a little bit about what the crew thinks. And the crew thinks Horus is right. He was betrayed by his father. Yeah. The Emperor abandoned the Great Crusade. The rebellion is justified. Yep. And then uh, you also hear the word bearers won't attack Horus. You know, and then, oh, the Emperor is a relic of the Unification Wars. The Imperium needs more from its leaders. Mm. Horus hasn't even committed any crime, except, you know, murdering a whole bunch of his own legion, but whatever. They don't know that. It's like back of the Pony Express. You don't know about anything which happens. That's fair. Uh, but Ashak actually doesn't seem all that interested in these conversations. Uh, no, he wants to get drunk. Yeah, like he just, he's out of money. 
which makes him sad. And he doesn't really want to hear about any of this shit. So he starts wandering off in search of something that would make him famous. Oh, oh boy, have you done goofed. He'll be famous soon. Maybe? No, I don't think he will, actually. No, probably not. The Primarch. The Primarch is here. Daddy was waiting for his son. Argatol finally sees Lorgar again. Yeah, but it's only Lorgar, so like, eh. But it's the best. He's the bestest and most awesome Primarch for any word bearer, so. But yeah, he is there. He has Erebus and Corferon on his side once again. Mm-hmm. The Granite Dark Armor. And yeah, they are new. Then the Gold Boar back, of course, kneeled on. Lorgar doesn't want them to. The whole typical things. Yep, uh, Argotal and Zaphon both showing up. And they have a little chat uh, about the Custodes. Lorgar is pretty happy that they're still alive. Uh, and the Custodes know that something's going to happen, but all of their ships have been, quote, delayed uh, in the warp. And they're not going to actually show up at Istvan until the battle is over. And Safen is opening a whole work kind of worms. Safen, they were spared as you ordered. Erebus wanted them. The Primer didn't care, but Erebus, he wanted to have them. So, that's great. I'm sure Argotal loves the fact that he kept them alive because he thought it's um, Lorgar who wants them, but no, it's Erebus, and we know how, he loves, how much he loves Erebus. No, this, the whole part here is great. Argotal... He's throwing some shade on good old Erebus. Yeah, just like you reek of fear. <laughs> Which is such You do old such, one. Like, such a dick thing to say to someone who's pretending to be an Astartes. Uh, and Erebus is just like, I've seen more than you'll ever know, Argel Tall. I've been doing the true work of the Legion while you've been nursemaiding to the custodes. And Argel Tall is just kind of like, yeah, laugh, idiot, move on. Yeah, they have uh, the big meeting on the deck in the Fidelitas Lex <laughs> with all the other traders. I love how they are um, yeah, like... throwing shade onto Nidler. I just love it. It's, it's a great part here. Yeah, it it is fantastic. And the book, like, uh, it is great. It's a lot of fun with everybody just sort yeah. of taking shots at each other. But hey, also... For some reason, the loyalists don't seem to notice that everybody's getting together. I mean, I guess as a second wave, you might have like a second wave only meeting. Um, yeah, I mean, the other guys are not there. I mean, like, to be fair, while something like this is going on, there are lots of ships flying around. Vox news are changed. I'm pretty sure in between all of this, another ship doesn't really break attention. And I don't think, I think most of the Primarchs are smart enough not to take their pretty nice, awesome ship and just take a normal one. Yeah, probably just Fulgrim show off. However. At this point, no, was he? No, I don't think he was. Um, Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's Ful- another Fulgrim book. was always a show off. Of course, but he was once a bit less of a show off and then stuff happened. But we'll get to that. <laughs> something, something, <laughs> serpent body, something, demon prince. No, no, no. That was even before. I'm talking about the new awesome weapon. Well, let's not talk about it. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get there. Um, exactly. However, then you get that classic line 
Uh, and for those of you that read ADB's Night Lord trilogy, uh, you get a bit of confirmation from that uh, because after they kind of give the, the the brief on how it's going to go down, uh, Argal Tall shakes hands with Sevatar, first captain of the Night Lords, uh, who then says, death to the false emperor, becoming the first living soul to utter the words that would echo through the millennia. And uh, everybody just starts cheering it. Like it's like a chant, right? Like in a football game. Uh, and you know, we're, we're away. Here we go. We're going to go to the Urgal depression. We're going to murder the shit out of people. Uh, they show a live feed hunting ground. Oh God. Of the, uh, battle, which is underway. The, the first wave, iron hand, salamanders, raven guard are down doing the dirty work. And as they're doing this, Argel tall is starting to go a little crazy again. Yeah, it's great. He starts growling. He starts um, drooling, and Erebus is like, "Brother, like you, and you need to get your shit Argel. together." Yeah, and he's, "I thirst. You, you thirst? I have tasted Astarte's blood, Erebus. It is rich enough to never fade from my memory, and its genetic holiness stings the tongue. I will taste it again on Eastman Five. Like, yeah, that that's something you need to say while you're in a meeting where nobody's supposed to figure out. Well, I don't know if they're supposed to figure out at this point. I don't think it matters at this point. But yeah, it's still not something you generally say in a probably not strategic briefing. <laughs> He's saying it in a private walks, but I would assume the other eyes might be good enough to listen to it. I don't know. But yeah, I, w I would latest at this point, I would get second thoughts as uh, one of the other traders like. This dude seems real sketchy. Are we, should we really go through with this plan? Yeah. But on the other hand, I'm a true traitor. I should absolutely go through this plan because whatever Emperor did, nah. Yeah, there's ain't gonna help. definitely some shady shit going on. And now, uh, Argotal's other half finally gets a name. And his name is Raum? Is that how they say it in the audiobook? Yes, it is fucking Room. Oh. Raum. Oh, is that Room in German? <laughs> Yes, of course it is. Uh, of course it is, she says. Like, I speak fluent <laughs> German. No, I was just saying, like, there are so many awesome things they could have called it, but no, they go for room. I am room. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, Your space? What? Fine. So this is the thing that uh, Lorgar saw inside of him all those years ago. Uh, mm. And they have a little thing kind of explaining, hey, we're we're gonna be together now. Like I'm gonna be you. You're gonna be you because I'm a demon and I only get the good part of this deal. Uh, and uh, things are gonna get fun, and there's gonna be a lot more changes. Uh, and when the gods scream, whew, things are gonna go down. And yes, it's it's fun. This whole part, I. <sighs> Go with the audiobook. It is an it's this a great exchange between those two. It's a bit superstition. And then yeah, I think he because he had this little talk with Raum, they just he missed a bunch of the meeting. Yeah, he doesn't really know what's going on, but it's fine. Uh because it is a really straightforward plan. They're gonna drop down and butcher everybody, and it'll be easy because the other guys don't realize what's happening. Uh so, you know, this is it. We're going. We're doing it. It happens. You know, everybody's kind of walking out. 
and yeah everybody says their uh cheer word in midnight clad i don't know if in i don't know about and the alpha legion and the primarchs stay silent do you did they know at this point that there are actually two primarchs or no i think that's something that like the other primarchs know but the line of Stardis don't then why don't they wonder where the other one is but no that's what i probably they don't care that's what i mean like their alfarius is there the other primarchs just always know there's never going to be both of them in the same place. Oh, they are never? Oh. Uh, and here, uh, you know, he sees Erebus, thinks some dirty thoughts about Erebus and hating him, and Raum goes... Not those kinds of dirty not thoughts. Not those kinds of dirty thoughts. Uh, Thank God. Raum says, hate him, but don't strike him. He's chosen just like you. And uh, Argotal's like, will I always hear your voice? And Raum goes, no, our end is fated. We will be destroyed in the shadow of great wings. Then you will hear my voice no more. Uh, which weirds Argotal out because there's nothing like the demon in your body foretelling your own death. Yep. And he has a fun little meeting with Erebus who says he's proud of Argotal. I simply wish to say that. And then walks off. Yeah, Gopharin gives, gives a wet burping chuckle. Oh. Like, ooh. Oh, holy fuck. Thank you very much for listening to the third episode of the Heresy Book Club with the first heretic. The next episode will be coming soon. Thank you very much, and I'll see you the next time. I would also like to thank our patrons, uh, the Praetor Tier Alexef, Nicholas Quenga, Mr. Baldwick, Jacob Dillon, Matthew Boyce, Joss Phillips, Arnold Triopo, Joe from Music City Heresy, and Chris Mack. Also our Centurion Tier, Green Course Wayne, and Tanzer. Minis by Applesauce, Scott LeMay, Andrew N, Black Label Painting, Angry Boy, John Christensen, and Mark Henry. And last but not least, our sergeant here, Nicholas Gillen, Aaron Maynard, Garrett Lowe, Travis Smith, Duncan, and Emily O'Hare. Thank you very much, and you guys are awesome. Thanks for listening to another podcast from the Remembrancers Retreat. If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. You can also find our swag store at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash RR30K podcast. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at RR30K podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Remembrancers underscore retreat. You can also visit our website RR30K.com for podcast updates and the Battlefleet Heresy Compendium. You can also leave us a voicemail for us to play on a future podcast at 1929-437-3791. That's 1929-HERESY1. And you can also leave us an email at the Retreat at gmail.com. Thanks again.